What's up, guys, and welcome to the Bachelor Pad Podcast, where two bachelors who've never really watched ABC's The Bachelor before sit down to review episodes right after they are. My name's Tyler, and I'm here with my best friend, Scott. Hey, what is up? How you doing, man? I am doing well. I'm uh, a little tired. Yeah. It's, it's past my bedtime. It is. Yeah, we're recording this at 10 o'clock, which is, uh, we're getting back to the good old days. Getting back to the, the, the grand old days <laughs> of season one where we which uh, was earlier this year which is so crazy to me like 2020 has been the longest year in the world oh yeah it's insane it's insane uh but yeah i mean it's a little late but uh i mean you're uh are, are you working tomorrow or are you off tomorrow uh i am gonna work for a little bit tomorrow um but i don't have like a certain time i have to start so i'll sleep in tomorrow so i'm not i'm not super worried about it uh, the house is now officially decorated for Christmas. We're, we're Christmasified up in we here. We have a, a full tree in the living room decorated. Pretty nice, I'd like to say, too. Yeah, I don't want to pat us too hard on the back, ourselves too hard on the back, but uh, we 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 did a good job. If we had an Instagram for this podcast, we, we would could, share that. We would share a picture with you guys, but we don't. We also don't have, like, if we had a video of this podcast... We could also show you, but, but we, do, we, we don't have that don't, either. We don't have that. Maybe one day. So thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm doing pretty good. It's been a good week. Uh, I I feel like uh, Thanksgiving is like finally starting to wear off. Like I I feel like I got into work finally on Monday, and it was like, man, this this holiday just felt like it took forever for me i don't mm. know about you but yeah i definitely felt the thanksgiving vibes lasting a while uh, i actually had to quarantine uh for a little bit and that led into then like our thanksgiving break and then our our job is at a work from home order so it was like almost three weeks from the time i was in the office to the next time i was in the office yeah and that was a little rough for me like, was... i was i being an introverted five i didn't think it would be that big of a deal but like I literally, like, as I was driving home from the office the first day I was there, I was like, oh, my gosh, this day was so glorious. <laughs> Thank God yeah. I got to go to work. Uh-huh. Which, I, even, I even asked my boss. I was like, hey, I know we're on work from home orders, but is it okay if I just work from here? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, huh? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, can I work from here? Please, please <laughs> let me go out of my house. Oh, man. Well, let's jump into uh, this episode. In some ways, so much happened, and in other ways, so little happened. Yeah, it was a weird episode. I definitely, when it was over, I was like, man, how much is there to even talk about? But we, there's definitely some things that I think we need to hit. Um, the episode kind of opens with something that we knew was going to happen from some of the uh, like spoilers you get outside of, of the, just because you're on the internet we're looking at you reality steve yeah way to go reality steve but we knew that chris harrison was going to be gone at some point yeah but we didn't really know why exactly and so we finally got to hear why that he was taking his son to college which i thought was really really sweet mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure he just has a son and a daughter and this is his first kid to go to college i'm pretty sure mm. i think his daughter's younger is what i mean to say got it yeah, so he had to take a break because they are in a bubble, and so he had to, as soon as he left, he would have to re-quarantine as soon as he came back. So he's probably going to be gone for a, a couple weeks in real time. I don't know how that relates to how many episodes that'll be. Yeah, my guess is, as it seems like as we hear people on, on the show talk, 
it seems like it's roughly one week from episode to episode. From like rose, is it like one rose ceremony a week? A type week of a thing? kind of a thing. Okay. That's what it seems like anyway. I mean, I, I really wasn't sure. It, for me, it could have been like a rose ceremony a day or a rose ceremony a week. I or longer in or between. longer. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, it seems like they have. Uh, there is a lot of downtime that we're not capturing, mm-hmm. or or at least that we're not seeing on the show. And uh, that makes me want that all the more. Like I want. <laughs> it seems just like a huge vacation for the guys. Oh yeah. I, I think like if I went on The Bachelor, I wouldn't want to be one of the stars. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to be one of the guys eliminated right away. I'd want to be the one of the guys that it's eliminated like halfway through. You never really see a whole lot. They never really build that relationship with with the the anchor star. But they do get to reap the rewards of free food, free drinks, and a nice area yeah. for for a few weeks like that sounds like a pretty cool vacation and and make some new friends yeah and you're just hanging out with a bunch of really cool guys yeah well some really cool guys some as we came to see <laughs> over this season there are a lot of good guys a but lot also of good guys some not so great ones i uh there was a i don't know if this was the premise of the show all the time or if this only happened one season so someone will have to uh, one of you geckos out there will have to let me know who's who's more in the know about this. But I remember distinctly that there was a season one year of Big Brother, the TV show Big Brother, mm-hmm. where it was like airing 24-7 on some channel. For Like it was just live feeds? Yes. Like it was like all the time. Like you can just like tune in and see what's happening in the house. Wow. And uh, so I points are just people sleeping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, but there's still someone sitting at a controller switching cameras. I don't know if there is that someone or not. Like, I don't really I never it was a long time ago. I never <laughs> really got into it. Um, but yeah, very insane. And uh, I, I could go for that, though. Like, maybe not 24 seven, but I could go for like a like stream, a director's cut. Yeah, like a director's <laughs> cut of of bachelor or or in this case bachelorette where we get to see a lot more of the interactions Mm -hmm. i think it'd be great there are definitely some interactions where i'm like we definitely missed part of that (laughs) yeah like that reaction was not how it should have been but i feel like they're cutting some of that stuff on purpose because they're trying to like feed a story to us that they want us to oh absolutely I, i feel like if we did have a director's cut of some kind or an extended cut of some kind, it would ruin some of the the, the narrative. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. You're right about that. Um, but yeah, so we we have uh, we have JoJo coming in though. Who I have no clue be... who that is, except aside from it said she was a uh, on season twelve of Bachelorette. Yeah, I've seen some stuff of her, uh, but I don't really, you know, obviously I don't know her as well as so many of our our diehard geckos Bachelor do. Nation geckos do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she seems lovely enough and I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we've seen her before, um, either on Peter's season or on paradise. Well, she's one of the ones who is married from the show and it's working out. Correct. Yeah. Do you know who her, her guy is? I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, I did think it was funny though, uh, that the, the show opens and, Chris Knox as he comes in, which is like a little throwback to the end of last episode. Yeah. Where Ed had told him, like, hey, you shouldn't just jump in there. You should knock before you come in. So he knocks, comes in, and then introduces uh, JoJo to all the guys. So I just thought that was pretty funny. 
I remember now why I know her. Oh. Uh, her and her husband, Jordan. Jordan Fletcher? Jordan Rogers. He's She's JoJo Fletcher. She kept her, she kept her maiden name. name. Got it. Uh, her and her husband have a TV show that I watched this summer that I loved uh, where they, um, they made uh, Airbnb properties for people they renovated airbnb properties so like if you had a guest house Uh they would come in on the show they would renovate it for you know fifty thousand dollars into an airbnb property they would list it themselves and they would get like 70 percent well they would they would give a they would promise a flat rate for five years to the homeowner to the property owner and then they would get all of the money on top of that. Oh yeah, you showed me that show. It was a really great. And they would always like leave like a certain like design element that was like their initial their thing. Yeah. yeah, and I loved it because I showed it to you because I was like, man, this is a great business model that they've got mm-hmm. because they're bringing in truckloads of money. But it's a it's a fair business deal because they're promising monthly revenue to the to the landowner totally. regardless of their income. Yeah, and a complete property investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like, so it's a very much a win-win scenario, but that's them. It's Jojo is who did that show. Mm. So that's where I know her from. She did look familiar, but that makes sense. I like, I have seen her face before you have. And, and I definitely like her. I like her husband and, uh, yeah, I wouldn't call them Chip and Joanna Gaines, but I like them a lot. Mm. (laughs) Well, uh, Chris Harrison bids adieu. And we're, uh, we now have Jojo there and we get told that there's going to be three dates this week. There's going to be two solo dates and then one group date. And so the first solo date right off the bat, we, uh, goes to Zach. Zach. Yep. And, uh, which we debated a little bit and I don't think we conclusively remembered whether or not he had gotten a one-on-one before. I was pretty sure that he had. I originally had thought he did. But then in my trying to recall, I think it was he just had some solo time on a group date that we're recalling. Yeah, well, he definitely did last week. Uh, It was them in the hot tub where they were Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, uh, marriage and, you know, future and stuff like that. Um, But she's connected a lot with Zach, uh, even Mm -hmm. in the group dates, in the one-on-one time of the group dates. And, uh, And so I wasn't surprised at all to see Zach get that. Get the rose. Uh, get or get not only get the rose, but get the one on one. Oh, totally. Uh Zach was uh like in the number two slash number three slot for us mm-hmm. uh in our power rankings. Uh him and Ivan were kind of neck and neck and last forth, week. Yeah. Uh and but I feel like he did a great job of doing something which is important to Tasha, and that's opening up. Yeah, he definitely showed some some vulnerability. He he talked about um, how he was previously married, and I thought it was funny that Tasha didn't talk about her story at all right. in that engagement, and maybe they've already talked about it, and he already knows that about her, whatever it may be, but yeah, Zach talked about how he was previously, uh, previously married, and then he went into how when he was 23, he had a brain tumor that he had to get removed, which led to a drug addiction because of the pain meds he had to take, which then led to like re- a rehab. Uh, rehab at some point and going back and forth into um eventually like getting clean and then 
being on the board of the rehab center that he got clean at. And we had seen all along, like his Chiron at the bottom, uh, his, his job was addiction specialist, mm-hmm. but now we get to know why, uh, why, and yeah. that that's a very personal experience for him. Uh, and, and man, I mean, he was very vulnerable. It was, it was cool to hear that side of his story and it was cool to hear his, uh, success of that, you know, his success story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've really had a lot of just cool, um, moments this season from hearing, uh, last episode with Ivan talking about the black lives matter movement and, uh, his, his history with his brother to Zach, uh, talking about his battle with drug addiction to later on in this episode, we hear Riley talking about his relationship with his mom to Ben opening up about his uh, eating disorder. There's just been a lot of like real topics yeah. that you don't typically hear a lot of men talk about on TV. Well, and even uh, I want to make sure to give honorable mention. It seems like it was forever ago, but to Jason with Claire in the oh, season, yeah. like mm-hmm. Jason was very vulnerable about his, um, about his, you know, very kind of tragic upbringing and his difficulty with vulnerability and, mm-hmm. um, but spoke very uh, like openly and, and in, like uh, articulately about his difficulty with, vulnerability uh that it wasn't that he um didn't know how to be vulnerable it was that he would he had been up until that point making conscious decisions to not be vulnerable mm-hmm. um so yeah no i agree with you i mean so many really great real and it's so refreshing off the back of peter season peter's season I, I was just trying to think like was there a single like redeemable conversation that even happened last season not I, I mean, to the this only degree at all, not to this degree. The only thing I can think of was when, uh, was when Kelly really gave him, uh, you know, gave him a, a real strong talking to, I think in like Mexico about like how she's just not going to put up with drama and she's not going to put up with wishy-washiness and mm-hmm. like, she just really put her foot down but it wasn't vulnerable. It wasn't, you know. Yeah, it's uh, a real conversation, but it was more like her making like yeah. a grow up statement. Yeah. Not like a here's a piece of me statement. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, so they have a they have a fantastic date and it ends with him getting the rose and then them going on a Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, which and looked, part of the day too was the like wedding pictures. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that for a second uh, because that's super awkward. Especially if it, this was his first one-on-one, like they've then this is officially like their first date, right? And they were taking wedding photos, mock and, wedding photos, yeah, which is just funny. I I I've heard of people doing this before, like staging wedding photos. Like mm-hmm. photographers will do it sometimes for like just uh, to add to their portfolio, portfolios, yeah. Uh, because you have a lot more control when there's not an actual wedding happening. Totally, you have more time and more control and. And so you can make prettier photos. Um, But I think it's a ludicrous notion. I would never be a model for a fake wedding. That just, I don't know. It just feels. I think it depends how much they're going to give me. Oh, no. I mean, sure. I get what you mean. Like uh, everyone has their price. Yeah. Uh, But that is just not something that I'm comfortable with. Because if someone was like, hey, Scott, I'll give you $1,000 to come. Let me take pictures of you and some random person. On Saturday, I'm like, all right. 
but just so you know, the photos are going to live forever on the internet as your wedding photos. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone I knew ever saw them, they'd, they'd, they'd just ask me. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's fake. I got paid a grand for that. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, Totally. Like, it's just a, it's a bizarre, I don't know. It's a bizarre thing to just, you know, live out in the world of like, oh yeah, there was a time where I pretended to get married. But then you could list professional model <laughs> as a, as a job. As a job on your resume. I'm a professional. You're a professional model. Yeah. I'm a professional model. One time. I'm a plus size model. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, they made it work. Taisha was feeling really awkward about it, and Zach did a good job of making her feel comfortable with this, situa- with this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, she was kind of freaking out. Like, what have I gotten myself into? Totally. Do you think she gets to pick these dates, or do you think they're kind of handed to her from the producers? I mean, I would guess that she has a little bit of a say in them. I would guess that the producers are the ones cooking them up. Mm-hmm. And then um, she gets the like, yeah, let's do that. Or but I would not. guess that she gets some veto power, you know? I mean, even in, even just in a like, okay, definitely that is not happening. Maybe they don't ask her necessarily, but I think if she said, no, I don't want to do that. I think the producers would honor that mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, ultimately, you know, they're, we've talked about it plenty on this podcast but they are balancing a fine line of like this is a tv show for the world but it is also like this is these are real people that they're hoping really fall in love and become married Mm -hmm. like it's it's not i i I don't feel like the producers are ever divorcing humanity from these contestants yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) this is our uh third episode with nudity this season that's true but <laughs> at least this this nudity wasn't was thrust on anyone yeah well yeah maybe yeah the, i mean i'm sure the models the were i guess paid. they got paid yeah, yeah. they got paid. and and they seemed like th- they were into it. they were just excited to be nude on tv i think i have a feeling like looking at them i know that it's wrong of us to make assumptions but not even like i'm not saying based on their appearances i'm saying based on like their energy like their facial expressions and their i think they live for this i think they love to be nude models maybe like it just looked like that it's like a weird profession though it is but you know i mean it's not like in the art community it's a very common thing yeah you know, like we, it's a weird thing for us because neither of us are artists or uh, nudists or nudists, <laughs> but in the art community, like, you know, the human form is one of the more popular things to make art of. Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, but anyway, uh, so that is, that brings us to the group date. Yeah, there was uh so the group date was everyone besides Zach and easy. Um, and the group date was uh, expressing yourself. Yeah. And so there's a lot of uh, different art pieces to it. It started with the, this nude couple, and they were supposed to draw them. And that was just whatever. Like, no one knows how to draw on the show. They so were all, all super very terrible, bad. yeah. Um, next, it was a sculpture with some type of molding clay. That Which was also to, all looked terrible. That was supposed to represent your relationship with Taya. And some of some of the guys, Taisha. Uh, yeah, sorry, with Taisha, I was thinking of uh, Hillsong. Hillsong. Yeah, Taya Smith. 
uh, with Tasha, and um, like uh, one of them did like a, a mock like breakfast table, and one of them did like a heart thing and different things. And then I don't know what Blake was doing, but he molded a a penis, a penis, and so um, I'm surprised like it wasn't really addressed. Like I, that Tasha was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. That would have been a weird, like if someone would have done, like you're saying that represents our relationship and we haven't even like done had a one-on-one yeah, or like, like, done anything like that. That's just weird. I, yeah, I, I was not, uh, I was not a fan of that decision. It seemed like none of the guys really were either. Yeah. It was weird. And then after that, it went into, uh, or maybe this was during the sculpting thing, but it was blindfolded and Bennett like snuck a kiss. Yeah. Cause he was sitting next to her. Um, and so none of the other guys knew, but we, as the audience know, what was after that? They did a, a self portrait and, oh, uh, right. but it wasn't necessarily like draw yourself. You like you physically your face. It was more so like draw who you are. And Taisha gave the direction that she really wanted them to use this opportunity to open up. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we have a lot of really, you know, some very actually, I think, well executed, you know, kind of self-portraits. Some not so much. We had Brendan who just made a frame and just a picture frame, a picture frame and like sort of, you know, physically used it as a prop to hold up and like frame his face. Uh, and talked about how, you know, it, he's not him without someone else in the frame with him. Mm-hmm. And like turn someone it else in the picture. To make more room. And it was like, uh, I don't know, B plus man for effort. Yeah, it was it was okay. I honestly don't remember some of the the really bad ones. But uh, yeah, this is where we hear about Ry- some of Riley's story and how he had a, a rough um, coming up with his mom. Uh, that was interesting, and that was one that all the guys seemed to connect with because at the end of this, like, all the guys even said, like, hey, great job. It was kind of fun to see the guys, like, congratulate each other on their vulnerability. Yeah, and connect with each mm-hmm. other on their vulnerability. Brendan, in fact, said that he was tearing up while Riley, while Riley was, mm-hmm. was While he sharing. was talking. Um, I don't remember. It's, it's super funny. Uh, like, we saw him a couple of times talking, but I don't remember what Spencer did. Did we even see his portrait? Um, I don't think we did. I don't remember his. I don't think we saw his self-portrait. I remember Ivan's. Uh, Ivan's <laughs> was the... Uh, I definitely wanted to talk about Ivan's. Ivan's was creative. It was puzzle pieces mm-hmm. with a piece in the middle missing. And he invited Taisha to come up and, and attach his, his missing piece, which his wife kids and a possible future and there was uh, a random one on there that was weird yeah the one we saw two of the puzzle pieces most of the shots and the one on the left was family which is an, of course an important and in fact he told the art teacher these are the pillars of my life that represent me mm-hmm. and she said okay well make sure to you know make it about you or whatever and he was like oh yeah definitely this is this is all me and uh, the other one that we saw a lot of was money. <laughs> and I don't understand why that, like, if someone if someone asked me, what are the four pillars of you? Uh, like, money's probably, like, 97 <laughs> if I'm ordering them, you know? I think a lot of people, 
um, do make a lot of their decisions based off of like that though, off of money. Yeah. And I could see that why that's why he went into like the aeronautical engineering field. Like they start at really good money and, and make base money. Maybe, um, his family was poor growing up. Like sure. I could understand, like maybe it's just weird to see. It's weird to see. It's 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 like a without context. Without it just context, says money. Yeah, and and we didn't get to. I want to give him benefit of the doubt. We didn't get to see in the edit him talk about that piece at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked a lot about which was very moving and touching about his dad and his relationship with his dad, and you know not being able to, you know, for his dad to be able to see the man that he's become, and and that was very moving and mm-hmm. and very touching. Uh, but yeah, it just kept bothering me every time they showed his thing and it was like money. I don't know. Like I, 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 I feel like if that was a very vulnerable decision for him and he was like showing a character flaw, I think that's great, Mm -hmm. but it's just a weird thing to be proud of that. Like one of the most important things to me is money because like most, like, uh, most, media that we consume as children growing up teaches us that money doesn't buy you happiness. Like (laughs) (laughs) totally like, you know, it's just a, it's part of, it's something that we all certainly chase after. We all want more money. Like I get that. Uh, and I'm not immune to that. I'm not above it. More money, more problems. But we also all recognize as a culture that like money doesn't buy happiness and like, you know, so many, so many movies about just that. And so it just, it cracked me up. So I, I had to, I had to spend a little time talking about that. <laughs> I'm not sure if anybody else noticed it. And you can all feel free to, to flay me alive for being insensitive. But <laughs> man, it, it bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there was one other one that really stood out as by, different than the rest. By quite a bit. So Ben was talking the whole time about in uh, off camera or direct to camera interview. Um, But it was just voiceover while all the other guys are presenting that he was feeling very insecure about approaching this project because just being vulnerable and being open and letting his guard down. He was scared of it. He didn't really know how to do it. And one of the things that he said I thought was really interesting and, and vulnerable in itself is that he said, I have a lot of feelings. I just don't know how to describe any of them. Which makes me think for you Enneagram friends out there that he's a five wing four. Oh, I was thinking three. A three wing four? Yeah, well, I, because threes are at the center of the of the emotional triad, of the heart triad, but they are also threes suffer from being completely unaware of what their own feelings are. So they feel a lot of things, but they are completely unaware of their own feelings. They're, they're, it's like a massive blind spot for threes. Um, and so they that's the reason why threes a lot of people associate with enneagram threes is being very fake and it's not because they're intentionally masking their feelings or hiding their feelings or anything like that they're just they're completely uh um lost to them they don't they don't even understand their own feelings they can't articulate their own feelings they're um they're they're, they have a blind spot to their own feelings. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely thought, like, hardcore three, which, I mean, kind of makes sense for a lot of other things for him. 
very image based. Mm -hmm. Uh, he shared, you know, in a one-on-one time with Tasha that, uh, you know, he struggled with an eating disorder, um, and, and that that was a, a very image based decision for him. Totally. And I think that, um, feeds more into his decision to do even say what it was yet that he just went nude. Oh yeah. We didn't say it, but go ahead. Uh, so for his, uh, self portrait, he just decided to get nude in front of everyone and like reveal himself, which is definitely a very vulnerable thing. It is insanely vulnerable. Um, which means even more knowing that he did struggle with like body image and, oh, yeah. uh, uh, the eating disorder, which you don't find out till later in the episode, but I think it adds some more value to that too. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that most people, most people are not exhibitionists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that, like most people are very private about their privates. Mm hmm. And to uh, willingly and intentionally unmask yourself that way and to, to be truly naked, you know, like, like we talk about, you know, being naked metaphorically, but to be physically and metaphorically naked, I, I think was, uh, I don't know, I, I didn't love it at first. I was like, okay, it was a little vain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really like it at first. I still think there's probably better ways or better things he could have done. Oh yeah. But you know, it, it got her attention. He ended up getting the group rose. He did after his conversation with her later that evening. So I'm excited for that. Ben's been one of our favorites from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think he could have maybe done something better that did reveal. I, I wish he would have done something to reveal his, um, like eating disorder in that moment. Yeah, but I, I understand. I also understand that there's other people there too. Yeah, and and he had said in the one-on-one time with her that up until now, the only person who's ever known about it was his sister. And now And now America. the whole world knows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so I definitely understand not doing that in the group, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I was... Uh, I was a little, I, I don't know. I, I was I was pretty mixed about him in that move. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a very strong move. I thought it was a very weird move. I thought it was weird. It was definitely do or die. She was either going to be into it or hate it. Oh, yeah. And luckily, it worked out for him. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, he got the group rose, but uh, we still have some weird shade going back and forth between Bennett and Noah. Yeah, it started during this group date where uh, Bennett at first like makes Noah move out of a seat because he said he had gotten there first. No, I think it was assigned seats. Oh, it was assigned. Yeah, the, I mean, most of these things they're all blocked. Got it. Like, so the producers are putting everyone where they want them. Uh huh. And most of that is for camera angles and shots. Totally. Uh, and so like, cause they've set up the cameras, uh, a lot of cameras ahead of time. And so they're like, no, we want you here because that's where we can see you because we planned so, that's what so Bennett much was of saying this. was like, no, the producers told me to sit here. Yeah. Um, but then at one point, uh, during the date, uh, Noah asks, uh, Bennett to spell privilege and, uh, basically just saying that he is privileged and, uh, 
poking fun at his uh, status, his status, and his uh, degree from Harvard, and just the way he presents himself. Um, and then it gets to the point where Tasha definitely notices, and she even calls them out. She says, "Guys, there's some weird stuff going on between the two of you, and I'm going to get to the bottom of it." And so uh, they kind of end on that note. They end the date on that note, and it kind of leaves the guys a little riled. Uh, but during this time, uh, while they're on this date, Easy gets his date card. Yep. Uh, and it says, I hope you aren't scared of falling in love. And at first, I thought it was about the word falling, but it was about the word scared. <laughs> <laughs> and so they go on a ghost hunt of this property, which I thought was, honestly, I thought it was really charming, really cute. It seemed like a really fun. It would be a fun date. I would hate it. I hate like scary things. I hate haunted houses. I hate that kind of stuff. Um, but it would be fun. It didn't seem like easy was that big a fan of them either. No. And part of me thinks Tasha was in on it a little bit. Like she knew some of the things and she was oh, trying yeah. to trigger him into screaming. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Which was funny for sure. But yeah, it seems like they're having a really great time. They're laughing, they're screaming, they're going around. Uh, the The producers like definitely planted like noises and different things throughout all these different locations. So it seemed like it was a, a good day. They get to the uh, the dinner portion of the date, and they're sitting down, they're talking, and and, and Tasha had said going into the dinner in a on camera interview, she said. Uh, I knew easy would be a fun date, but I didn't expect to be laughing and screaming and having as much fun as I'm having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the date went better than planned Yeah, for her. And uh, easy tells her that he thinks he's falling for her and she does not reciprocate. Yeah. And she, she ultimately decides not to give him the rose and sends him home. Yeah. But it was super tricky because she was affirming him going into him saying that like she was like like i feel like i i felt for easy in this moment i felt like he got blindsided i think he was too but not like entirely his fault like i'm not accusing Tasha of leading him on but she definitely like played him up quite a bit and then he like shares his feelings and then she's like you're amazing you're so special and that's why I can't give you this rose because I don't feel the same way. And it was like, wait, what? Yeah. I think where it was difficult for her is I think she genuinely thinks Easy's a great guy, which oh, I think yeah, he is. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I think she I does think too. she genuinely like wants the best for him, but also knows that she's not feeling it. And so she wants to let him go in the most personal way possible. Yes, 100%. And so I think that's why she invited him on the date, and that's why she brought up this went way better than I thought. Like, I think on the date, she maybe even did feel a little bit, but she still knew that her heart was more with some of the other guys, which is why she ultimately decided to let him go. I think I agree with you. Um, Yeah, I didn't want what I said to, like, you know, come across like I was saying anything negative about Tasha, I think I think Tasha was doing her best to let him down as easy as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. But there was just no way of doing that at Especially this point. Especially where if it's in the same conversation as I think I'm falling for you. Yeah. Oh, also I'm sending you home. And I think, I definitely think he was blindsided by it. And I even think at one point, like, cause he questions her on it as she, she's walking him out. Oh and yeah. He goes like, Hey, is this for real? Yeah. And she says, yeah. 
and I, part of me was like, does he, was he still like maybe thinking this was part of like the scary version of the date where like he, right. he was getting fake sent Right. Home? Like it was, he, he was unsure. Yeah. He was, he was definitely blindsided. Um, I think that she would have given him the rose had he not said that he was falling in love with her. Like, cause I think she was willing to like continue to write it out with him uh-huh. because she was having so much fun with him and felt a lot of chemistry with him. But then when he said, when he made his feelings known, she was just like, I'm definitely I'm nowhere not there. Place, yeah, yeah. I'm not there. And uh, so I, I have mad respect for Tasha for like letting him down now versus just in some rose ceremony down the road, which yeah. is what she even said. Yeah. So I have mad respect for her for that, but it was, it was a terrible situation for both of them, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it was rough. And they both definitely got emotional from it. Easy was emotional on the car ride back and she was emotional just standing there and it's a bummer. I really liked easy. Yeah, I did too. And, and I'm surprised he's there longer than uh, Ed is <laughs> and some other people. And Noah. Yeah. Yeah. Ed, Noah, Spencer. Spencer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there were. He was number five for us. So I guess we're more we're more surprised than everyone except for our top four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so, uh, and the guys were all super shocked because all the guys were talking about. How the, they had chemistry. Yeah. And they're always laughing and like, uh, what's his, what's his, who was it? It was. Uh, I think it was Riley. It was Zach. Zach said that he thought they had the best chemistry. Oh yeah. Out of any any of the guys, it was easy in her. Yeah. And so I, they were. It was a shocker to everyone. Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone was blown away by that. And uh, and so Easy goes home, and uh, they're you know hanging out, waiting for uh, get ready for the cocktail party for the rose ceremony, mm-hmm. and. In walks Jojo. With a change of plans. (laughs) Uh, Basically says, we're postponing the cocktail party until a little bit later um, because Taisha wants to settle this weird thing that's going on between Noah and Bennett. So get ready for a two-on-one date. One of you is going home. And so uh, they get ready and, and head over, and Bennett is putting together a gift. Which I definitely assumed was for Tasha. I did too. I also thought giving a gift to Tasha, bringing a gift for Tasha to this, uh, like it's a little try hard. It was a little try hard. It was, I was not feeling good about that. Like it was a little <laughs> bit like a uh, conflict. We're going into conflict mediation and you're bringing a, a gift to the mediator. Yeah. Like it was just a little bit. It almost feels like an admission of guilt. It does feel yeah, a little yeah. bit like an admission. However, account. bringing a gift to the other person. <laughs> I think could have been a great move. If it would have been a legitimate gift. And see, I struggle because I I think that in Bennett's head, I think that that was legitimate. It may have been, but if that's the case, he's delusional. I think he is. I think ironically, he's talking about, you know, uh, Emotional awareness. Uh, Noah's uh, emotion, and he has none. He Bennett does not know how to read a room. Yeah, that was rough. And uh, it was it was really rough. So he starts off with like a red bandana, and he was like, "This is the friendship gift," uh, because you know you're from Oklahoma, and 
you know, we talked about like my days on the ranch back in the day and, and it's a red bandana because I don't want there to be bad blood. And it was like, okay, like this is weird, but okay. Weird, but all right. You know, like that's a thoughtful, so far, so good. Yeah. Thoughtful, like thing. Next and then was it was the mustache socks, mustache socks. And I was like, okay, like this could still be like, if he's trying to build commonality yeah, he was and trying like, to be funny in saying that the only place a mustache should be is on your socks and then that was that was where it went bad because like, oh crap he's making fun of him yeah because it, it could have been a really good like you know you came in with the stash you came in strong and you, i wanted you to be able to leave with the socks leave too. yeah like have carry the socks with you as a token of like you being you you know like whether that would have been here, a good whether you go you get to keep a mustache with you exactly yeah like that would have been a good way to like, it still could have been a good gift, but he was like the way he was phrasing it was super condescending. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then out came the book, the emotional intelligence book. And, uh, and it was like, Oh no, this is a, this is a, a disc gift. It's a disc track. It's a disc track. Everybody. There are four, what did he say? Four different types of emotional intelligence and you are insufficient in three of them. Deficient. 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 In three you are deficient in three of them. It was like, geez. But I mean, he kept saying like, this is a real gift. Like, this isn't something you're born with. It's something you have to learn. And I legitimately feel like this is something you're going to get a lot out of. And like, don't get me wrong. I've given books to people like, hey, I there's something that like, I feel like you would really get out of this, but there's like a good way to do that and well, a condescending way. Totally. And I think it comes from a place of a relationship that you can give those types of gifts. Maybe. I mean, I think you can do it even without close relationship. I think you, but I think you can do it well, you know, and, but you know, because it's uh like, it, it's from, it's, it's how you approach the situation you're approaching it from a place of arrogance or from a place of humility like mm -hmm. if you say here are all the ways that i have screwed up over the years and this book has taught me all of these things and i really feel like this could be valuable for you i think that you're going to really appreciate a lot of this i think that even from a place of animosity that could have been a very good well-received token you know um I've had loads of people in my life, especially people who were older, more mature, um, people who were in higher position than me have hard conversations with me where they were calling out flaws in me and they did something like this, like gave me a book, but it wasn't received poorly because they approached it from a place of humility rather than like saying you're deficient in three of the, like, I don't know, like it was just arrogant. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I really, part of me really believes that Bennett thought that this was a good thing. He may have, but uh, we'll see what Tasha under thinks about it next week because the, the episode pretty much ends with her noticing the gift and <laughs> saying, hey, what's that? And then it, all of a sudden it's just to be continued. Yeah. So we'll see what she thinks of Bennett's gift for Noah she doesn't seem to think too much of their conversation so far. Um, it'll be interesting. What do you think is going to happen? You know, honestly, I think that Bennett's going home. And I'm just really hoping for a Peter scenario 
where he went into uh, earlier this year, he went into a two on one, gave one girl the rose. So kept her, sent the other one home and then immediately went into a rose ceremony and sent that girl home. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a weird move on his part. And it showed his immaturity. Yeah. Lack of maturity for sure. But I, I hope Tasha sends both of them home. Honestly, is my point. Like, I, I don't necessarily hope that she does that uh, scenario, but I hope that she gives a rose to neither of them. Like, she's under no obligation to give as many roses as she's able to give. She can send multiple people home. She could send anyone home at any time for any reason. What would you have done if Claire would have just sent everyone home except <laughs> except for what's his name dale. dale i mean that's sort of what she did is she just did well, she slowly. left with dale she did slowly she left with dale it's what, what if, she would have done when it was when she decided if she would have went into the she would have not said anything to chris would have just went to the rose ceremony and there would have been like 12 roses on the table or 18 roses on the table and she's like dale and he comes forward will you accept this rose yes came okay, done <laughs> or or she just continues dale well you like he and has dale a bouquet like, <laughs> <laughs> i i don't think the producers would i think chris harrison would have shut it down even earlier than he did he would have fired her yeah it wouldn't have made it there no but uh that brings us to uh our ad copy uh this week's episode is brought to you by harvard business review Author and publisher of the 10 books you should absolutely read, HBR is the perfect gift for someone 14 years your junior. Why bother shopping at Hot Topic for Christmas this year when you can pick up a copy of the book Emotional Intelligence to really let them know just how much you think of them. Order now with the promo code BATCHPAD to get 10% off your order. Another good way to let people know just how well you manage money. That's ad copy. That's our ad copy. Let's, uh, before we jump into Twitter, let's talk about uh, our biggest movers for this episode. So obviously, Easy went yeah, from he's, our... He's my biggest mover. From our five spot to gone. Um, that was a surprising move for sure. It was. We had him in the five spot. Um, biggest movers up. I don't know. I think, I, where did we have Bennett? We might have to move him down. Bennett was uh, smack dab in the middle at number seven. I would put him and Noah at the bottom right now. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. Him and Noah at the bottom, then Ed. And then from there, I don't really care. Yeah, I think so, the top four are the same. So this is where we're at right now. Uh, Brendan, Ivan, Zach, Ben, Demar, Spencer, Blake, Riley, Ed, Bennett, Noah. And then that's it. I would maybe, maybe move Riley up. You think... Uh, Riley, uh, we'll move Riley just above Demar. I would, yeah, I would move Riley maybe to the five spot. That's yeah, we'll put him in five. I'm loath to say it. I really don't like Riley. I'm not a Riley fan all that much either, but he is opening up more. Uh, we even saw a little bit of foreshadowing into next episode where he get he might get a chance to do even a little bit more of that. I don't know if it's going to play well or pay play poorly for him. Right. Um. Because they definitely left that up to interpretation. interpretation. Yeah. To me, what it looked like, to be honest, uh, based on the previews for next week, it's it <laughs> it seemed to me like we're going to find out that Riley is currently married. Oh, wow. <laughs> that would be rough. <laughs> that he's like unable to propose because he's currently going mm. through a divorce kind of a thing. 
uh, like a divorce that's not finalized. Uh, that was how I read it. I I could be completely wrong, but that was my first blush of what was happening. Because ultimately, uh, I think Bennett doesn't have a shot. Noah doesn't have a shot. Ed doesn't have a shot. Blake doesn't have a shot. Yeah, no. So those four are immediately off. Bottom four for me. Um, Spencer and Damar are kind of the two maybe wild cards right now. Yeah, wild cards. They could move up, but I, I think they're probably pretty safe right there in the middle. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what did uh, what did Twitter have to say about this episode? Yeah. So uh, Twitter definitely um, talked about Ben a little bit or Bennett. Well, uh, yeah. Before you get into that, let's talk about your experience with Twitter earlier this week. Uh oh, where I accidentally saw a spoiler. Yeah. So you knew something going because we do our best to avoid spoilers. Yeah. I uh so we I don't follow anything bachelor or bachelorette related on my personal account. Um, and so I'm normally pretty safe to be on that. And I get all my bachelor uh bachelor bachelorette stuff from our uh Twitter account Twitter account for the show. And uh, I was on my personal account on Tuesday night during our small group uh and which thanks (laughs) (laughs) it was in a lull where other people were talking (laughs) like after the group other people were talking so i was on twitter (laughs) after the like group portion of the group um and uh it was trending on twitter unfortunately people were very upset that uh easy was was gone and so i knew on tuesday easy was was leaving uh which was a bummer for sure uh very upsetting that he left before ed all four of our bottom people right now <laughs> all right so let's dig into it uh my boyfriend likes the bachelor tweeted i'm glad bennett is completing his story arc into the bond slash hallmark villain we all <laughs> knew he was at the very first episode he is definitely like when he, i was thinking back like the recall to the first episode he like walked out in that tux yeah and we all thought he looked like a bond villain and it was very much like like he looked like that and now he's coming around to be a little bit of the villain right now oh yeah um dan emerson tweeted Bennett is the uptight dad in every rom-com who hates his daughter's deadbeat boyfriend, who is Noah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty spot on. Uh, Castman tweeted, either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain <laughs> with a picture of Bennett. Uh, Reagan tweeted, Bachelor Nation when Easy got sent home, and it's a picture of uh, the office uh, where, uh, uh, what's her name? She works for customer service. Kelly? Kelly Kapoor, yeah. She says, yeah, I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so that that one's pretty funny. Um, Nick Vial, who is a... Yeah, a, a former contestant. Former contestant. He tweeted, I know, quote unquote, sad stories are thought of as a rite of passage on this show, but neither Zach or Ben had to be that honest on national TV and by doing so brought awareness to real issues and inspiration for overcoming them. Bravo. Oh, thanks, Nick. So, thanks for for like like drawing attention to something good. Because uh, social media these days is like always drawing my attention to negative things happening in the world. And I appreciate you drawing my attention to something 
uh, that is worth praising. And on the positive side. And then finally, along the same lines, uh, Roses and Thorns tweeted, the men supporting each other after being so vulnerable is the healthy masculinity we want to see. And it's just a picture of the guys. They all gave each other like a group hug at the end and were like saying things like, you guys did amazing. Congratulations. You all did it. So that's cool. Yeah, I will say that for the most part, uh, this season has not had much toxic masculinity going on. Very different than... uh, Ben season. <laughs> yeah. Not that it was toxic masculinity, but it was just nothing of like es- like any kind of like value happened. I feel like there's no like big conversations. No, you're talking about Peter. I'm sorry. What did I say? Ben. Yeah, I'm talking about Peter. I think you're just like, uh, I'm we, just on the Ben train. We're, we're so, we're so Ben stands. We're, we're pro Ben for sure. Very pro Ben. Uh, you know what? I will say, uh, just in line with our, our Ben-ness, our pro Ben-ness that, uh, I think he would make a fantastic bachelor. You would? Yeah. I feel like he might be a little boring as the bachelor. He might. I think easy would be a fantastic bachelor. Oh, I agree. But even more than that, I want easy on bachelor in paradise. I think easy would be fun on bachelor in paradise, but I really think he would be such a great bachelor. I feel like if they put him on paradise, he wouldn't become the bachelor, at least not for a little while. Oh yeah, totally. And so I think he's someone who has the possibilities of being like the next one. He could, he definitely could. Like they didn't show, there was no bad interactions with him. Like he's very likable. Oh from, yeah. From this season. Oh yeah. It's a lot of fun. Brings a lot of energy. Uh, and it's hard to just not like him. He's yeah. just such a likable person. And uh, yeah, I, I could see that happening. Well, let's uh, let's jump into uh, our our newer segment for this season. I guess it's not new anymore. We've done it the whole season. Uh, relationship advice. Let's do it. Uh, so we dig through uh, Reddit. Uh, and their relationship advice subreddit. And I found this one that I thought was pretty interesting. My girlfriend and I were driving back from visiting a town a little ways away, uh, a little ways away from us this past weekend. We had just been there for the day and were coming back that evening. She's been known to overreact at times, but she's never really done anything like overtly abusive. While I was driving, I let her hold and use my phone for directions. While she had it, she saw a text come up. It was from a coworker that is a woman. She freaked out and asked me what I had been doing texting another girl. I explained that she's someone from work and that we only ever text about work stuff. The text came in the text that came in in fact was about work. She told me that she didn't like that and scrolled back through our conversations and found a message I had sent to her that was a selfie of me with the project that I had completed. She flipped out. At this point, she was yelling and screaming at me. I was trying to talk but couldn't. And the next thing I noticed, I see her hand in my face. Uh, she got me pretty good. I swerved when it happened and ended up driving off the road. My mouth was bleeding a little bit, but luckily I didn't hit anything. I asked what was going on and she cursed at me and told me to get back on the road so I could take her home. I couldn't really take it anymore. So I told her to get out of the car. I couldn't drive someone, someone around who was going to put both of our lives in danger. I told her that I would pay for an Uber for her and wait there, but she wasn't riding with me. She yelled more and said that she's not taking an Uber. She tried to get back in the car, but I locked the doors and I drove off shortly after. 
It was dark outside, so I did feel bad about leaving her. I tried to get her, uh, I tried to text her, but no responses. She finally texted me a long and mean message saying that her parents picked her up. Since then, I've gotten ugly messages from her, her parents, her friends, and even my parents. Everyone seems to think that I was in the wrong here. I don't feel like I was, uh, I don't feel like I was as she put us both in danger and I even offered to get her an Uber. What do I do now? Do I apologize? Is this relationship over? Uh, do we try and figure things out? What should I do about everyone else? I don't want to be the bad guy here, but I'm scared that I might be. Uh, oof. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say to you, man. Um, I would say you were good up until the point where you left her on the side of the road in the dark. <laughs> You were absolutely in the clear. Yeah, you were good up until you made a really, really bad decision. Yeah, that was a that was a bad decision. Yeah, um, I think you definitely had set yourself up to just have a real conversation around trust and around work, and um, it could have been a really beneficial, good conversation for your relationship. Um, granted, I know that she hit you while she, while you were driving, that would have been another conversation. I think you definitely needed to have with her. I did put you guys both in danger. Luckily you guys were safe. That doesn't then make it okay for you to put her in an unsafe position of just leaving her in the dark on the side of a road. Um, I think you could have let her in the car. You guys could have talked it out on the side of the road or just driven to a safe place before talking. Um, but never leave Anyone, not anyone. just a woman, anyone in the dark on the side of the road. Yeah, it's just unless your life is in imminent danger. Do you need to apologize? A hundred percent. Yes. You need to, if you're trying to fix this relationship, you need to save face as soon as possible. Um, and honestly, at this point, I don't know. I don't know if this relationship is going to work. I feel like, um, she's going to be very hurt from this. Obviously, uh, her, it's going to be hard to work past. Like her parents immediately are going to see you as someone who doesn't care for their daughter's safety. I mean, your parents jumped in on it and I'm sure they have good position too as well. Um, you, you, you definitely were in the wrong on leaving, leaving her for sure. Yeah. I, I will say though, uh, like rule number one, you don't hit the driver. Definitely like that's not. like, that's like, you uh, she clearly doesn't have siblings because you learn that as a sibling growing mm -hmm. up that it's like you can horse around you could do all the crazy stuff but like you never hit the driver uh the it i would say to be honest with you the relationship's over but not just because you left her on the side of the road the relationship is over because this is not a person that you want to be in a relationship with yeah i mean she doesn't trust you at all if if you if it is as innocent as you're saying it is. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, like, I don't know, to be honest with you, like the fact that she scrolled back through his messages and didn't find anything objectionable other than a, a picture step. of, of you with a project that you were like, uh -huh. that's a very innocuous of all the totally. selfies in the world. Totally. It's, it's like, it's clearly she scrolled back through and it really was all about work. So it, this is not a person you want to be with a hundred percent. She doesn't, she doesn't trust you. And so, and unless you, 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 you could work it out. It's going to be a lot of tough and hard conversations. 
and a lot of trust building going forward because you're going to have to rebuild trust for her because of what you did to her. She's going to have to rebuild trust to you because of her lack of trust for you. It's a bumpy road ahead if, if this thing's going to survive. Yeah, I think I would say that you uh, you definitely did wrong by leaving her. Uh, and I think that, you know, you'd mentioned what about the relationship? My personal opinion is, uh, get out now. Uh, my, the second thing you asked though, is about, uh, should I apologize to her? Yes. You need to get out. Even honestly, even if this relationship is done completely over, you need to apologize. You need to to apologize. This was a very bad decision you made. Yeah. And then as far as everyone else, uh, what do you do about them? I think that you fall on your sword in terms of, I made a really bad call. uh, And, you know, I learned from it and I'm never doing anything like that again. Uh, But this, you know, this relationship is over. Like, you know, it's just not there. There's no coming back from it, uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, but I did wrong and, and I own that. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think you need to get out. I, I don't think that this is a, I don't think it's a good thing. Yeah. I wouldn't disagree. I don't know anything else about your guys' relationship. This is all I know about it. So I, th- I think that's fair. Um, ultimately, you know, your relationship, more than anyone else it's just sometimes where you're a little biased in your own relationship but it sounds very much like there's a a lack of of trust in this relationship uh both from old things and now new things uh all of which is very hard to mend it's hard to regain trust that's been lost uh i i think you gotta uh, call it apologize fall on your sword move on yep relationship advice this is a fun one That that was rough that was a fun one. That's a big oof. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't want to make this guy feel bad. He probably doesn't listen to this, but that was bad. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I agree with you completely. I'm just, I don't think I'm as far on that side of things as you are. You just leave her on the side of the road at night? I Here's, here's my thing is it's like if you refuse, like if you're saying like I will not take an Uber, like I'm like you're driving me back and I'm like, I'm not driving you back. And it's like, yes, you are. And it's like, no, I'll call you a cab. And and it's like, no, like, I don't know. That's, it's an inflexible positions for me. It's like, okay. Like if that's your position, like you really like won't do this. Like then I guess we're at an impasse because I'm not driving you home. I I don't want you in my car. We're done. Like this, this is not happening now. And I'm, and you won't take any other out. Like, like, I don't know. Like it, it, to me, it's a little bit like, I guess where I'm coming from is the fact that he asked the question, are we over? No, 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 no. I, I agree with you. I, I think my point is, is that it's like, like if, if my, if my position is you're not getting back in my car and your position is, and, and, and I say, but I'm giving, I'm giving other options here. And she had her phone, you know, and he's like, I'll, I'll sit here and I'll wait with you. And it's like, but you're going to like, I don't know, have this sort of insane, inflexible position. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I was trying to add on to what you were saying. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I think the fact that he's asking the question of, so is this over 
Yeah. Like the fact that you were at the point where you're like, you're not getting back in the car. Oh, right. Yeah. You're the, not. Yeah. Like, I'll get you an Uber. Yeah. But you're not coming in my car. Like you made the decision that it was. It's over. over. Yeah. You, you, it's we over. We don't even need to like talk about it. Like it is over. You made that decision when, when you said you're not getting back in my car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. And 100%. at that point, you guys aren't in a relationship anymore, but you do have the decency still to try to get her an Uber. And at that point, I guess if she's refusing, uh, yeah, I don't, it's, that's a, a difficult conversation. I would, I would probably still have given her a ride home myself. Um, but that's big oof. I, yeah, I don't, I, I actually wouldn't, I, I would not have given her a ride back myself. Like if someone hit me while we're driving and I drive off the road, that person's never getting back in my car. <laughs> like for real, like, because what's going to happen? You're only angrier now like than you were before. Like, and if, and if you can't like, uh, just be civil and like, you know, like it would be super easy for her to be like, okay, well, this relationship's over. Be quiet the rest of the car ride back and then break up with him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that is an exceptionally easy thing to do. And so I, I would not have let... Someone someone who made me drive off the road is never getting back in my car. They can get in the trunk. I'll drive them back in the trunk. <laughs> I would... I, th- I, I kind of agree. I think... I understand sometimes you're in the heat of the moment. Something happens. Yeah. I think having the conversation of I'm really upset right now. You caused this thing to happen. We're going to get back in the car. We're not going to talk. We're not going to engage this. We're going to sit quiet. I'm going to drive you home, but that's it. If you talk, I will stop and I'm going to get you out of my car. Yeah. See, I guess here's the thing for me. I absolutely would not have left her on the side of the road. And that is you're we're, we're both on the same page with that. Yeah. That is a hundred percent, not the call, but you know what I would have done if she would have refused an Uber <laughs> genuinely, I just would have called the cops. Like, <laughs> she's like, Hey, my girlfriend punched me. I'm bleeding. Uh, I'm not comfortable with her getting back in my car. This is where we are. Can you come help me resolve this? Yeah. Because they'll take her back into town. Like they have an obligation to, yeah, for, to her for her safety. Yeah. Uh, and like, she won't, she won't take an Uber. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm calling the cops and I'm going to sit there until the cops get there. And then that can resolve the situation. That's a decent call because like, it's up to me to decide whether or not I'm going to press charges. Like I'm not going to press charges against her, Yeah, but she won't, I'm not letting her back in my car for my safety and hers. And like, she won't do anything else. So you guys have got to take her to safety. Yeah. That's not a bad call. Yeah. That's a hundred percent what I would have done. Uh, that's, a, that's a decent call from that perspective for her, but you definitely don't drive away. <laughs> you, you don't leave anyone in the dark at night on the freeway or wherever you're at. Yeah. Uh, for like a thousand reasons. Like that was, lots, uh, lots <laughs> that was such a bad call. Oh man. Well, that was relationship advice. Let's jump back into, uh, the bachelor, um, uh, we have a couple of things that we haven't done for the last little bit. Um, one of them is Chris's corner, which is going to be very sad because Chris has left. Now he abandoned us. It's Jojo's, um, what instead of corner, what's a uh, Jojo's joint, Jojo's joint. It's yeah. like, that's her roadside diner is Jojo's joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't know anything about her yet. So, 
I ain't doing research on what's happening in I the JoJo sphere. I have no clue what's happening in Joe's Joe's world. I told you guys the one thing that I know about at the top of the episode. So go watch that show because she's really good on it. Yeah, that is a good show. Yeah, it was fun. It was entertaining. But let's talk about real quick predictions for next episode. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I'm going to assume both Ben and Noah are gone. Bennett. Yeah, I'm sorry, Bennett. You're having a struggle with Ben. I just keep saying Ben's name. (laughs) I just love Ben so much. All the names. Ben's going to do great, but then (laughs) Ben's going to, like, you know. I was trying to pay attention to who all they showed in the next one. It was uh, Brendan uh, or Brent. Brent? I saw I saw Brendan. I Brendan. saw Zach. I saw Riley. Yeah. I saw I saw our, our top four in Riley. Those are pretty much the only five I saw. I didn't see our bottom any of the bottom four guys. I didn't see Ben at all in the. In I this. saw Ben just sitting there once. <laughs> like there which was, is about right. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't see him like engaging in anything, but he was there. Uh, yeah, so I think sure. he's safe. Well, he has a rose already, so he's definitely he's safe definitely through this safe, rose yeah. ceremony. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm actually pretty comfortable if they even eliminated like two or three more guys, I could see them getting rid of Ben and Noah and, uh, Ed, you think it'll happen this fast? I think so. That leaves us room for maybe like two more episodes before hometown. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. And then you have another like two or three episodes after hometown, right? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think that unfortunately I think Noah's going to stay. I think it's going to drive me crazy because he just should not be there. He's the worst. I hate him. I hate his face. I hate his personality. Hey, but Ben almost made him look a little okay. Ben did Bennett. Sorry, (laughs) man, it's a real struggle. (laughs) I I need I need Bennett to go. You're confusing me now. I I need Bennett to go. Just why I stopped saying. Ben and Bennett in the same way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bennett, Bennett made him look almost okay in terms of like by comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Not like he did anything of value. No, just Bennett really made himself look bad. Yeah. Bennett just uh, turned up the heat a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I think Noah's going to stay. Unfortunately. Um, I think that uh, Riley and, I think that Riley and Zach are in hot water to be uh, biggest movers downward next week. So? Well, because uh, Zach's going to admit, we know uh, he's going to admit on a polygraph oh, that, that he, he cheated. cheated. That's right. And I cannot see that going well. I think it depends on what the story is. Okay. Not that it's ever a good thing to cheat, but you know, maybe he's referencing a time when he was, in a, like a high school relationship. I was going to say the only good example is when you're 15. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like maybe he was like, okay, well I'm not going to lie. Like I definitely have done something like that before. You know what I mean? And he is at least one, like he admitted it up front. He's talking about it or maybe it was influenced by drugs. I think that's going to be what it is. I think it's going to be during that time period that he was talking about where he was, you know, stealing his dad's checkbook and you know, like just doing bad things. Yeah. Uh, a, a legitimate so I, I could see I think it, it will probably concern Tasha a little bit but I think she'll also respect the the openness and upfrontness about it well the drama continues next week on the bachelorette yes it sure does 
Uh, well, thank you guys so much for, for tuning in this week. Uh, we would love to hear from you. If you have questions or want to shout out or just want to just throw some comments in there, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at hello at batchpadpodcast.com or you can DM us or tweet at us at batchpadpodcast on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you guys. Tyler, do you have any final words as we as we head out? Uh, yeah, just uh, make sure to uh, track with us our, our power rankings. You can find those at rankings.batchpadpodcast.com. And once again, another huge shout out to Jeremy for creating that for us this season. Yeah, thanks so much, Jeremy. And all you geckos out there, have a great week.